You're listening to On the Same Page, a podcast from the Jefferson Madison Regional Library. Welcome back to a new episode of On the Same Page, a podcast from the Jefferson Madison Regional Library System. I'm EJ, here with my co-host, Abby. That's right, I'm Abby. In today's episode, we're sharing how to grow, learn, and connect at all nine branches of JMRL. We're also sharing some spectacular sound bites from a few teens at the Crozet branch and information about how to join the Teen Advisory Board from the Crozet YA Librarian. And of course, our latest book chat. But before we get to all that, I'm excited to remind you all about our upcoming Same Page Community Read program in March, a celebration of the book, The Book of Delights by Ross Gay, held all month long. It's a beautiful book to be savored slowly, so get started reading right now. We think you'll also be inspired to start writing, and to help you write more, you can, of course, turn to your local library. So EJ, are you a writer? Well, you know what, Abby? I do dabble, to say the least. Honestly, that's good to know, because I know the perfect way JMRL can help you with that. That's not too hard to believe, considering how many amazing resources JMRL offers to the community. So tell me more. A few years ago, JMRL launched 10 community journals that can be checked out, just like any other book. The idea behind the journals is to get creative and informative ideas percolating all throughout the region. So say I want to share some of my poetry. There would be a community journal for that? 100% EJ. There are also journals for topics such as recipes, ideas for the library. You can write about a day in your life. You can read a guide for new parents. And you can write childhood memories. Oh, and so much more. Wow, okay, these seem like an awesome way to connect to others in the community, and I bet I can write anonymously, right? Again, totally right, EJ. There's no requirement to sign your writings. So, the main purpose of these journals, that's being a safe space to share ideas, suggestions, and creative musings. So, if you listeners are looking for a great creative outlet, check out the community journals at JMRL. The community journals can be picked up at any branch, even in the new lockers. To put a hold on, search Community Journals in JMRL's catalog. From there, you will see a list of journals, and you can decide which of the topics you would like to try first. Stay tuned for new topics coming soon. And if you have a great idea for a community journal, please tell us by emailing podcast at jmrl.org. Without further ado, here's how you can grow, learn, and connect these next two weeks at JMRL. To start us off, we'd like to remind you that the Bookmobile makes stops all through Albemarle County and the city of Charlottesville, so check our show notes for a link to their schedule. At Central, join in for a virtual pajama story time every Monday night at 6.30 p.m. At Crozet, mark your calendars for February 7th for two great programs. Kids 6 through 10 can participate in a feel-good story and surprise craft on February 7th at 3.30 p.m. 
teens can watch The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which begins at 6.30 p.m. on February 7th. At Gordon, join Deadly Knits the first Wednesday of every month, next meeting on February 1st at 6.30 p.m. This is the perfect combination of knitting and listening to true crime podcasts. Calling all Lego fans at Green. Kids in grades kindergarten through fifth are invited to a Lego challenge on Thursday, February 9th at 3.30 p.m. At Louisa, teens can come to the Teen Crafternoon Monday, February 6th at 3.45 p.m. to make their own personalized button. At Nelson, teens are invited to join a teen book club, Snacks and Paperbacks, which will meet next on Tuesday, February 7th at 5 p.m. At Northside, join in a virtual program, Meditation for New Beginnings, on Tuesday, February 7th at 6.30 p.m. At Scottsville, join Jerry Carcetti, an avid hiker, for the first part in a four-part series all about hiking, virtually or in person, on Tuesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. As always, check the calendar to find more information and to register. And now, a return to book chat. Abby, what are you delighting our listeners with today? For my book chat today, I'm going to be discussing Four Treasures of the Sky by Jenny Jang. This is a book about young teen Dayu who loses everything, her parents, her grandmother, and her homeland of China. She is, for much of the book, a character to whom things are done. X, Y, and Z are done to her. For example, she is sent away from her grandmother. She is kidnapped and sent across the ocean to America. But we actually do also see her agency and her active voice grow stronger and stronger throughout the book. It's a breathtaking historical fiction story taking place in the late 1880s, filled with twists and turns. She is literally all over the place. There are two settings in China, two settings in America, and a large cast of characters that actually all feel really full and rich. My two favorite elements of this book were Dayu's identities throughout the book and the spirit of her namesake, Ling Dayu. Dayu's identities, this is not a book about gender, but because Dayu becomes a man, a woman, a girl, a boy. We explore these identities and how they are portrayed in society in really interesting ways. Like I love that it's not the theme of the book, but it's there. Ling Dayu, which is the spirit of Dayu's namesake, that gives the story a semi-magical feel and also a little bit of tension and intrigue Because, and when I say spirit, I mean ghost. I hesitate to say the word ghost because please don't think that this is a ghost story. But there is a little bit of magical, a little bit of fantastical, a little bit of traditional stories, cultural stories that come into play. It's it's just a beautiful piece. And it's also interesting because we don't always know how we're supposed to feel about this spirit's relationship with Dayu. Do we always trust her? Is she an antagonist? Is she a curse? Is she a blessing? Is she a guardian angel? Throughout the book, I feel like she's all those things and more. She's, she's everything. 
Some of you might remember me saying that I was reading this book in a previous episode during the rundown, which is a great new segment EJ and I are doing. And the only hint I gave about the book was that I was about to start the epilogue and I still had no idea what the title meant. So I did a little bit of digging and this is what the author has to say about the title. Someone asked, what is the significance of the title, Four Treasures of the Sky? And she writes, the title was actually an accident, albeit a happy one. I initially meant to suggest Four Treasures of the Study, which references the four sacred tools of calligraphy that are mentioned in the book. The brush, the paper, the ink, and the inkstone. During an editorial meeting with my editors, I mistakenly suggested Four Treasures of the Sky instead. We all loved it, and it wasn't even until afterward that I realized it was both a mistake and perfect. The title is very much open to interpretation, so I won't tell readers how they should understand it. I know what it means to me, but I'm very curious to see what it means to them. Okay, so Four Treasures of the Study would have made a ton of sense. (laughs) Four Treasures of the Sky, I am still trying to piece together. So keep that in mind as you start reading this book. Know that it really doesn't mean anything and that the author did not intend this to be the title, but that you can find the four treasures of the sky. So I would love to see this book in a graphic novel format. It just came out last year, so we'll have to wait and see. But that is my wish. For now, go read the novel. And EJ, what have you read recently? So my book chat today is on Of Women and Salt by Gabriela Garcia. This was a debut novel that, of course, I listened to, and I enjoyed it. It was quite challenging at times to get through because of the content of it. Not that it was poorly written because it wasn't. It was actually quite beautifully written in a very sweeping and and quite dramatic way. And it touched on a lot of topics that can be seen as uncomfortable, but are so, so necessary. So to give listeners a bit of a background here, it it is a debut book. It deals with a daughter's fateful choice. So a mother who is motivated by her own past and her family legacy that begins in Cuba before either of them were born, they they have to deal with questions and consequences and family histories that happened before either of them were alive. So this mother and daughter duo, uh, mother Carmen, Jeanette is the daughter Jeanette is battling addiction and Carmen was an immigrant from Cuba and it's her parents, Jeanette's grandparents, where a lot of the questions of the family history come from. So you have Carmen who is worrying about her daughter who is dealing with, you know, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, just suffering from this disease. And you have Carmen asking herself what she can do. And you have Jeanette's actions scaring Carmen, but also releasing a mood of self-reflection, I guess I would call it. Jeanette makes a decision early on in the novel to 
to take custody or unofficial custody of a neighbor's young daughter. This neighbor disappeared and and Jeanette realizes or sees ICE agents, immigration officers, take this young girl's mother and Jeanette feels obligated even though she didn't really know the mother, she didn't really know the girl, she felt obligated to try to help this girl. And and we get to hear about this girl's story, about her mother's story, and how those stories parallel Jeanette and her mother Carmen's story. It's a very emotional, reflective, sad already said challenging book. It's quite dark at times. There are some content warnings, drug addiction. There is sexual assault, some alcoholism, racism, references to cancer. So those are some of the content warnings to be aware of. It's very serious, this book. It has a lighthearted tone at times, but but oftentimes it, it is quite sad and emotional. It's medium-paced, I got through it fairly quickly. I liked listening to it. I did find at times listening to it made the time jumps within chapters more complicated when you're looking at a physical page. Sometimes it's easier to tell what time period you're in. There was a lot of, you know, remembering this and remembering what Carmen's mother did and remembering what Jeanette's actions were at that time. So there was a lot of kind of past visions and things that we get to see as a reader. I did finish it quite quickly, like I said, enjoyed it. Yeah, overall, it it was a good choice of a, of a book. It's definitely different from what I usually read. And I appreciated the time it gave me to reflect on some of these challenging issues that are going on and how it, it's not easy and it's really never been easy. So I appreciated that. And I, I think it was a great debut. And, and I hope Gabriela Garcia will write more and maybe even continue the stories. I want more from the history point of view. My favorite part of the book was definitely hearing about Carmen's mother and I think also her grandmother in Cuba. And the history there was quite fascinating. I really enjoyed listening to all of that. So overall, emotional but also quite reflective. So a a good read in my book. We are so excited to introduce you to Emmy and Henry, two teens from Crozet Library's Teen Advisory Board. Emmy is here to share her reading resolution for this year because listeners, remember, it is not too late to make a reading resolution. And Henry is here to introduce you to Crozet's tab from the perspective of one of its members. But before we hear from our fabulous teens, Crozet YA librarian Jess is here to give our listeners an overview of teen advisory board activities and how teens like you can join. Hi, my name is Jess and I'm the young adult librarian at Crozet. One of my duties is running our branch's teen advisory board, also known as TAB. You can check online or at your local branch to see if your library has a TAB. TABs are vital to teen services at JMRL. They're made up of teen volunteers and help create, plan, and run events for ages 11 to 18. It's also a place where staff can get feedback on our services we currently offer and how to improve them. 
Most tabs are for ages 11 to 18, though Crozet has a tween advisory board for grades 5 to 8, so our tab is for ages 13 to 18. Teens can either apply in person at the branch with a paper application or online at jmrl.org under programs and then click on teens in the drop down menu, click on volunteering and the steps to join are right there. So there are so many benefits to joining your local tab, including making decisions that can impact your library and community. Teens get volunteering time for each meeting, plus it looks great on college and job applications. We hope you see you at the next tab meeting. My name's Emmy. I'm a teen volunteer at the Crozet Library, and my favorite book this year was I Will Always Write Back. It was really, I'm normally not into, like, nonfiction type books, but this was kind of like a memoir book with like two different perspectives. And it was really interesting to learn about these different people's lives. And I'm looking forward to reading One of Us is Back, which is going to be the third book in like the One of Us is Lying series. I really enjoy mysteries. And my reading goal is going to be, I just honestly want to get back into reading more and reading more often. So I'm going to try to read maybe a little bit every day or every other day. In a tab meeting, we will usually start off by introducing ourselves and our pronouns and saying something that we are excited about. After this, we talk about all of the events that are coming up in the library and give suggestions for these events. Last, we will talk about all of the various clubs that members of the tab host at the library and how we can participate in those clubs. We also have guests sometimes. Some of our recent guests include EJ Dowling, one of the hosts of the JMRL podcast, Tim Carrier, the head of teen services and the person who purchases most of the young adult books at JMRL, and David Plunkett, the library director. I joined TAB after I started volunteering at the library. I wanted to help out with the library and get a closer look at how the library worked, and TAB sounded like an amazing opportunity to do all that and more. My favorite moment at TAB was what we called TAB's Giving. This was basically a Thanksgiving party where everyone brought in something for a big potluck. I brought in a pumpkin pie, and others brought in a huge variety of food, from mashed potatoes to homemade hummus and fruit. During this special meeting, we talked about what we were thankful for and socialized for the rest of the time, which was very fun. All right, listeners, now it is time for our Reader's Advisory Corner segment. Today, I am presenting you with three books that have holds over 100, and I'm giving you two read-alikes for each. So first up is Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver, very popular author, very in-demand book right now. Here is the son of an Appalachian teenager uses his good looks, wit, and instincts to survive foster care, child labor, addiction, disastrous loves, and crushing losses in the new novel from the best-selling author of Unsheltered. So this book is authentic, it's complex, sympathetic, very character-driven, and also issue-oriented. It has a very bleak, moving, and thought-provoking tone, and of course, the writing style is very compelling. So two read-alikes. The first one is, of course, while you're waiting, you could read what this book is inspired by, David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. This is 
book is moving, character-driven. It's a story at the heart of Demon Copperhead. And Demon Copperhead is a modern-day retelling of David Copperfield. So reading the original source material might be really interesting to read first or after you read Demon Copperhead. And the second read-alike is one called Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart. So both of these books follow a bleak, heart-wrenching, and haunting tale. And they're both literary fiction, both coming-of-age stories, and they both have to do with poverty, working-class families, and have characters that are well-thought-out, authentic, complex, and sympathetic. Our next title to give you some read-alikes for. This holds list is very long, and this book has been extremely popular lately. It is called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Spanning 30 years from Cambridge, Massachusetts to Venice Beach, California and the lands in between and far beyond, this is a dazzling and intricately imagined novel that examines the multifarious nature of identity, disability, failure, and the redemptive possibilities in play. It connects everyone's need to love and to be love. It's a love story, but not one that you have heard before. The genre is definitely relationship fiction, also coming of age stories, and has a general theme of bouncing back. There are physically disabled characters, and it is intricately plotted, plot-driven, and the world-building is quite fantastic. It's also quite fast-paced, thought-provoking, and suspenseful. So the two read-alikes for that are, first up is The Animators by Kayla Ray Whitaker. So this novel explores the intense bonds between animated film creators and their friendship and their up and downs and what they have to go through. And it's very similar and it touches on some of the same topics that the two main characters from Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow deal with. Their bond comes from video game creation. So these two books do a nice job of mirroring each other in that sense. The second read-alike is Now is Not the Time to Panic by Kevin Wilson. So this is about best friends who embark on a joint creative project and they never imagine the impact that this project will have on their relationship. So both of those are very thought-provoking and moving reads. And now, last up in our Reader's Advisory Corner is the book called Foster by Claire Keegan. So in this book, an Irish child taken by her father to live with relatives on a farm finds the love and affection she never knew before and begins to thrive. So the genre for Foster is literary fiction. It has a child narrator and also an unnamed narrator. It's authentic, introspective, very character-driven storyline. It's a leisurely paced novel, but it's heart-wrenching and moving, engaging, and also quite lyrical. And the first read-alike for Foster is The Star Side of Bird Hill by Naomi Jackson. So both of these are literary novels, both set in the 80s. In 
foster young girls are sent to Ireland to live and in the star side of Bird Hill they are sent to live in Barbados with relatives and both the characters that are sent to Barbados in the star side of Bird Hill and the characters sent to Ireland in Foster have to discover a different environment and how it feels nurturing, confusing, uplifting, and just different. And the second read-alike for Foster is The Good Left Undone by Adriana Turgani. Now, I have talked about The Good Left Undone in a book chat previously, so check the show notes to go back to that episode to hear my review. They're both moving, lyrical, leisurely paced. They have a theme of place and of setting, and the genres are, of course, both literary fiction The subjects touch on family relationships, self-discovery, belonging, and the characters are all quite introspective. So please take a second to think about checking out one of these read-alikes for these long lists of holds while you wait for your copy of either Foster by Claire Keegan, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, or Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. A big shout out to Novelist Plus, the database that assists us with creating Reader's Advisory Corner. Thank you, listeners, for being a part of this podcast community. We're so lucky to have you. We hope you'll join us in taking a moment to thank the friends of the library who generously support this endeavor. If you'd like to learn more or join the friends, you can head to their website at jmrlfriends.org. That's all for us today. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Don't forget, you can get involved on social media or by emailing us at podcast at jmrl.org. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad to be on the same page. 